morning. This is the fourth Dharma talk of how to practice mindfulness in daily life series. In this series, I've been talking about the each item of the items of heedfulness of daily application in one Buddhism. The fourth item that I'm going to talk about today is questioning practice. Let me read it. People who have substantially achieved a deepened acquaintance with the scriptures and regulations should be heedful to study cases for questioning. In my previous Dharma talk, I talked about the third item, which is about the scripture study. Scripture reading is a way of learning from the spiritual teachers. It guides us to find the right path to practice. However, if you just keep reading the scriptures or listening to Dharma talks and not deepening your understanding by questioning about them, you will not be able to make it your own wisdom. We might skip what is not clear to us and just take the information that easily comes to our mind. This fourth item is saying that besides learning from someone else, we need to hone our wisdom by working with the cases for questioning. To explain the word cases for questioning, let me first explain koan in Zen Buddhism. In Zen tradition, students meditate on a koan or a kong'an or a huadu. They are all the same words. Koan is a paradoxical question or a statement. You might have heard the famous koan, listen to the sound of one hand clapping. How can one hand make sound? It is like a riddle. In Zen tradition, students meditate on a koan to attain the enlightenment. The effort to solve a koan is intended to exhaust the analytic mind to reveal the more intuitive no mind. In a retreat of the Choge order, which is the mainstream Buddhism in Korea, the monks sit all day long practicing koan meditation. On the other hand, in one Buddhism, we separate sitting meditation practice from koan practice. When we practice sitting meditation, we focus our minds on tanjan, which is located in our lower abdomen, not on a koan and thereby focus exclusively on cultivating one-pointed mind. Sotesan, the founding master of One Buddhism, thought that focusing on a koan, sitting for long hours, is not the best method for everyone. There may be some people for whom this method may work, but for people in general, 
This can be hardly prescribed because not everyone is interested in Kwan enough to hold it for a long time. And if one continues to practice just the Kwan for, for a long time, what may happen is that the fiery energy ascends and one may have headaches or other illness. I have experienced a few times that I was motivated by some particular cases for questioning of my own and just kept thinking about it. In the morning meditation session, I meditated on them and I searched for related writing or books. I could not stop thinking about them. And looking back now, maybe I wanted to know the answer quickly and I wanted to experience some kind of immediate transformation within me. And every time I did this, instead of getting enlightened, I felt that my energy burnt out and my daily routine messed up. When the inquiry practice is not balanced with meditation and mindful choice in action through my daily life, it usually ended up bearing no fruit. This is my experience. I want to say that the balance is the key to our practice. Mr. Sotesan said that it is more effective that we investigate the koan every now and then at the appropriate time rather than sitting with it all the time. So basically, when meditating, we just meditate. And when inquiring, we just inquire. In this way, our practice can be balanced. So Tesan is not saying that we should not sit with a koan. Instead, he's giving us a more effective method for people in general. So I think it is okay that we sometimes meditate with a koan. Then when is the appropriate time for this practice? The best time for koan practice is right after the sitting meditation because our mind becomes alert, open, and more creative after the meditation practice. So in one Buddhist tradition, we practice koan at the end of the morning meditation for about 5 to 10 minutes every day. Of course, you can contemplate koan any time during the day. However, the 5 to 10 minutes right after the sitting meditation will be the most productive inquiry time. So I just used the word koan mixed with cases for questioning. So let me explain them. In one Buddhist canon, you will find the word cases for questioning instead of koan. Cases for questioning is a similar practice to koan, 
The difference is that cases for questioning of one Buddhism covers a very broad spectrum of questioning, questions regarding human affairs and the universal principles. If you have any problems or situations that you want to figure out in your life or in your mind, or if you find anything that you don't clearly understand in the scripture, you can, you can make them your own cases for questioning and contemplate on them. This is because human affairs and universal principles are not separate. To be free from suffering, we need to know clearly whether something is going to turn into blessing or harm and have the right judgment when confronted by various situations in life. This is the purpose of honing our wisdom through cases for questioning. It is a little different approach that one Buddhism has about wisdom or inquiry practice that various aspects of human affairs are also the object of inquiry. When Sote-san was seven years old, he was wondering why the sky was so blue and how big it was, and whether the wind and the clouds come from, and so on. The questions kept arising one after another. When he was nine years old, he wondered why his mom and dad were so close, why they were day and night alternating. He was curious of everything, which led him to seek for the way and meditated on one big question. What am I supposed to do when he was in his 20s? What about Shakyamuni Buddha? He was shocked when he realized that everyone, every human being, has to go through the suffering of birth, aging, sickness, and death. And he wondered how to get free from all the suffering in life. So for the enlightened masters, the questions first arose by looking around them, and they went deeper and deeper and deeper. So Tesan distinguishes inquiry into fundamental principles of the universe and our mind from general questioning. He calls this inquiry into the principle of the original nature. There are 20 essential cases for questioning in one Buddhist canon to help us with this practice. However, cases for questioning and the principle of the original nature, they can be somewhat overlapped. Then why did Master Sotesan establish them as two separate practices? I think he wants to emphasize the importance of seeing our original nature and attaining the clear understanding of it. It is possible to overlook this if we just focus on human affairs. 
So both are essential to our practice. The purpose of the principle of original nature is to see our original nature and experience it on our own. It is said that once we see the original nature, it will become like a carpenter who has acquired a ruler and chalk line as his standard. The authentic practice begins from the moment when we glimpse our original mind and the principle of the universe. This is the practice of inquiry into the original nature. We have to see it, cultivate it, and utilize it freely in our life. The cases for questioning in the context of item number four includes both of these. Cases for questioning and the principle of the original nature. So what are the essential cases for questioning? In other words, one Buddhist koan. Let me read a few of them. What is that thing that is not associated with the myriad dharma? All things are created by the mind. What does that mean? A person who practices well is not separate from the original nature. What is this practice which is not separate from the original nature? You can read the scripture to get the answer to these questions. But ultimate awakening comes from your own questioning mind and intuition. It is not always helpful for a teacher gives us the answer in detail. Because the merit of questioning practice is not just getting the correct answer like on an exam, but also to cultivate the power of inquiry through the questioning process itself. So Tessan was concerned before he passed away that his sermons on the Dharma had been overly interpretive and resulting in allowing some group of people assume that the Dharma is easy. This is big obstacle to attaining the true way. Curiosity or the questioning mind is a great asset to practice. One of the common questions that a beginning practitioner can ask is, I don't have any doubt or questions how can I practice cases for questioning? If this is your situation, the best way is to read the scripture and pick your own cases for questioning from the scripture. While you read the scripture, if you find any sentence that you feel are interesting or want to understand more clearly, you can make them your own cases for questioning. One thing that we have to be very careful when you practice with cases for questioning is that we should not be impatient for the answer. Mr. Tezan said to a student who had too many questions 
that he needed to write them down whenever a question arose, then look at them from time to time. This is just like a rich man's storeroom is full of valuable things. You should have a lot of cases of questioning in your notebook. So if you have any question regarding the scripture or about your practice, don't let them just go away. Make sure you write them down. Those who keep practicing with cases for questioning and those who do not will become very different as time goes by. Your mind will become brightened to the extent of your yearning or seeking. These days, you can Google anything and usually can find the answer. However, if you don't put in the keyword, you will not be able to get anything. Likewise, we have to raise questions to attain awakenings. Thank you. Thank you.